Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Visions of a Blind Woman. You know, I've been thinking, in 10 years, a lot has happened. And today, I find myself in a place where I'm so busy. I'm not working, but I'm so busy. 10 years ago, when I first lost my eyesight, if you would have told me then that I would be involved in all of the things that I'm doing today, I would have said you're on crack. I couldn't see it. And I'm thinking about people that I have met at the Silver Bells weekends that we did last year. Silver Bells is this awesome program offered through the National Federation of the Blind of Virginia. And it identifies people who are middle age who are losing their eyesight or have recently lost their eyesight. They invite the person and their significant other or a child or whomever they want to take for support to a weekend retreat Thursday through Sunday. They learn, first of all, how to be around other blind people because that's a trip. I remember the first time that I was around a lot of blind people. It was, I think it was like 2017 or 2018, and I went to my first NFB of Virginia State Convention at Tyson's Corner. I had a little bit of sight. I had gotten a little bit of eyesight back after some heavy-duty medications, and I was using my white cane then on a consistent basis because my eyesight was worse, but better than initially when I first lost my eyesight. And I remember being in the hotel with people, wall-to-wall people, who were all using white canes. Many of us were at varying levels of eyesight. And it was kind of comical. (laughs) I remember calling my father-in-law, Billy, when I was on the spot and I was talking to him about it. And I was saying, I got to tell you, I said, you know, I've never been around other blind people before, especially en masse. And here I was in this hotel walking around with my white cane with hundreds of other people who also were walking around with their white canes crashing sometimes into each other. And it it was just kind of comical. None of us, you know, could see very well. And, you know, we were bumping into walls and, but, you know, I mean, it was cool. It was okay. Okay. So that experience for my Silver Bells people. Being around people who are blind is a very interesting experience if you're new. And then on this weekend retreat, we offer classes. And so the class that I teach is communications. And in my class, we talk about learning a little bit of survival Braille. So we, I teach a little bit of Braille. We also talk about how to eat in a restaurant or, you know, some tips about eating without knocking everything over. Uh, We talk about labeling medications. If you can't see, that becomes a dangerous challenge. If you're taking medications, you've got to be able to to figure out what you're taking. And so we use raised dots. We use labelers that talk to us. We use lots of different things. There are even pharmacies available that will label medications in any way that you tell them to, to be accessible to blind people. So that is another thing we talk about in my communications class. Just a lot of things, things that we take for granted, like matching your clothes. How do you make sure that your outfits match? 
How do you make sure that your shirts and your pants and your t-shirts are not on inside out? Lots of things that we talk about in my communications class. Silver Bells teaches a class in technology. Technology for blind people is huge. There are so many apps that you can install on your Android or your Apple phone. Uh, there's this one called Seeing AI. And the phone, using the camera, you can point it at anything and it will tell you what it is. So Seeing AI is an incredible app that is really working to liberate blind people. Um, but technology, the class you know, has all kinds of computers available for blind people to use, and it teaches people to use JAWS. JAWS is an incredible program that is, speaks, it speaks to you. It reads everything internally on your computer, and it makes your computer a voice box for blind people. And so blind people can access their Gmail, their Yahoo mail, their work email, and JAWS is a program that will read everything to you. And it also works the, in the reverse. A blind person can use their computer by speaking and it'll pick up everything and type things out for you. And so all of these things are taught to my silver bellers who are fascinated by this technology thing. It can be a humongously helpful tool for people. They also have a cooking class where they learn about being in a kitchen and operating in a kitchen and not burning their house down and not burning themselves and not overfilling glasses of water or wine or whatever it is they're doing. So that's another class they take. They take a mobility class where everybody that's there gets a cane if they don't already have one. And there's two mobility instructors and they teach all of these silver bellers how to use the white cane out in public, take them on the street, take them to the mall, take them to a shopping center around the hotel and teach them how to get around using the white cane. Then there's also a time for spouses or children or whoever support person they brought with them. They have a class just for them. They talk about how has this been for you that your spouse is losing or has lost their eyesight? How is this affecting you? And it's huge. The spouses, the children, the family members of people who are losing or have lost their eyesight, they're going through their own changes. They're going through their own experience in this loss. I think about my own honey. 10 years ago, when I started to lose my eyesight, it was a change for him. I remember him taking me to the National Institutes of Health and the very first time he couldn't stay because of his job. And so he dropped me off and it was just easier to put me in a wheelchair because I couldn't see shit. We didn't know what was wrong. We didn't know what was going on with my eyesight. Why was I totally blind then? I couldn't see anything. And I remember the day that he walked me into that building and he got a wheelchair for me and put me in the wheelchair, checked me in. Then he had to leave. I was so scared. I was so nervous about what was going on. I know he was too. 
it, it was such a huge ordeal. And so in this Silver Bells weekend, we talked to spouses and children and family members about what's going on for you. How is this change affecting you and your life? And we see the gamut of responses. Some spouses or family members, they want to do everything for the blind person. And that's normal. I want to just sit there and I'll serve you. Just sit there and I'll cook for you and I'll, I'll feed you and I'll do all these other things for you. I'll do your laundry. I'll clean for you. All of these things. The blind person is so devastated. It's, you know, okay, go ahead, do everything for me because I don't know what to do myself. In this weekend retreat, we help the blind person first to learn that they don't have to give up their independence because they can't see anymore. They can learn to do everything that they did before they lost their eyesight, even after blindness. They can learn to get around in their homes, especially in their homes. This is turf that they are familiar with. You know where things are. You know where things are in your kitchen, in your living room, in your bedroom, in your bathroom. All you've got to do is install a few little tricks to help you find things like that damn washer and dryer. The dial. You, do you realize that when you're going to set it, it just turns and turns and turns. I thought I was really cool when I first couldn't see. And I use, was using these dots that they provide me. And I put a dot where I thought the washer was at a setting that I wanted. Turns out it didn't matter where I put that dot where I put it because it was on the dial that kept turning and turning and turning. So it didn't matter. So I was probably not doing a very good job washing clothes, you know, I, but oh, well. <laughs> I mean, and then putting dots on a microwave oven, we teach that, you know, where's the start? Where's the stop? Where's the popcorn setting? Using little raised dots that are adhesive and we can stick them on there. And I know that this dot means start. And this dot tells me this is the popcorn setting. So, you know, they learn little tricks like that. How do you pour a glass of water for somebody else. Now, pouring things for myself is easy because I could just stick my finger in it. It doesn't matter. It's my finger and I can tell when it's getting full. But if I'm serving something for someone else, my honey, he doesn't want my dirty old finger in his water or his soda or whatever it is I'm serving. So how do you do that? Well, there are different things that you can do. You can use, there's actually devices that you can buy that are electric prongs and they're battery operated and you hang them over the edge of a glass. And when you, the liquid hits the prongs, the sound changes. So you know, you're getting towards the top. So you stop. Another way is if you're pouring a cold beverage, the temperature of the glass will change as it rises towards the top. So when you feel it towards the top and it gets cold, stop. Same with hot beverages, the temperature of the glass or the container changes. So use that as a measure. Lots of neat little tricks that you can use. So that's what one of the other things that they learn um, when they're on these retreats. One of the really interesting things is to meet the people. Meeting people that are in this crisis that I remember so well is really an interesting place to be. 
That's not what I want to say, but I can't think of the words, so that's what I'm going to say right now. There are so many levels of pain, and there are so many levels of acceptance in the people that attend these Silver Bell retreats. One of the things that I do that really helps me in uncomfortable situations, I talk and I mingle. And so the first evening of this Silver Bells activity or the Silver Bells retreat is meet and greet. One of my strategies as a public speaker, as a professor when I was teaching, is to show up early. Show up before anybody else. Get the lay of the land. Get the room situated. Learn where everything is. And, you know, now that I'm lower vision, really learn where everything is. And then I can be there with my energy at a certain level when people start to come in. It helped me deal with situations of public speaking. I can be there to greet people. Oftentimes they didn't realize I was the professor or I was the teacher or I was the the public speaker. And so I could just meet on a personal level. And that was cool. And then when everybody was there and it was time to go, then I would go up to the front and they'd say, oh, you're the, the person talking? It's like, oh, wow. So it humanizes everybody. Everybody's on, a, on the same level. Everybody's comfortable. I do the same with the Silver Bells retreat. I get there early on the first night. Um, usually five o'clock is our meeting time. So I'll be there at four. I'll sit in the room. I'll walk around. I'll sing a song. I'll dance a jig, whatever it is, get comfortable. And then I greet people as they start to come in. They don't know who I am. They don't know if I'm part of the staff. They don't know if I'm a teacher. They don't know if I'm one of them. I am one of them, but you know what I mean? They don't know if I'm a participant. And so I'll come in and I'll introduce myself and I'll learn their names. I just use humor and make people laugh and and laugh with them. There are so many levels of emotion. People are uncomfortable. People don't know what to expect the very first time they're in this retreat with other people who are in the same situation as they are feeling their way around literally and figuratively. I can never say that word, but you know what I mean. So all these individuals are learning how to manage in their new situation. So silver bells is something that I'm getting ready to do again. I'm contacting people. I'm sending out emails. I'm getting geared up because our first retreat will be in February, then March, then April. And they're just great times. Another thing that I'm really busy doing is getting ready for our 65th annual state convention of the National Federation of the Blind of Virginia. That is going to be held in Williamsburg, Virginia this year. And we are expecting over 200 people, maybe more, I hope more. So part of my responsibilities for that is I am the chair of the Diversity Inclusion Equity and Inclusion Committee, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. We always put on some kind of a grand event. And so the first night that we're there, Thursday night, we are planning a really cool event, kind of like tying in the generations of the NFB with music and dance. And because it's in Colonial Williamsburg, we're going to do some things that are Colonial Williamsburg-y at that first night activity. So dang, I'm working with my committee members 
trying to get this magnificent event going. I'm also a co-chair for the state fundraising committee. And so that means that I'm in charge of the action auction. One of the ways that we raise money for our state affiliate is we put on an auction at the state convention. And so I help coordinate that, meaning that when items are submitted for donation to be auctioned off, I get to put all those in a nice little Excel spreadsheet and distribute that to the masses so that people will know what's available and they can start breaking their piggy banks and figure out what they want to bid on these items. We have some really cool stuff that come in, handmade quilts, nice gifts from different countries, Fiji or Bali, or, you know, just people just come up with some really creative things just for this purpose, because it's a way of making money. And all the money that we make this year, as last year, is going to go to the Silver Bells program because it's new and we need more money. So that's a way to do it. Another thing that requires a lot of time, I am the secretary treasurer of the Greater Alexandria Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind. We always have crazy stuff going on. This last meeting, at the end of September, I got to be an actress. <laughs> we had a Zoom murder mystery. We brought people together to play these different parts. We acted them out for people, and that was a fundraiser for us. And so people paid $10 to Zoom in on our Zoom link and listen to our crazy Victorian voices play out this murder mystery and try to guess who done it. Guess who done it? So happens that the part that I played was the murderer. Ha <laughs> ha. So that was great fun. I actually went on YouTube and took voice lessons to learn a Victorian accent so that I could sound more authentic. I don't know how authentic I sounded, but it was fun. One thing that I'm doing is I'm going to be a model for a fashion show at the end of this month. Now, October is called BEAM, B-E-A-M, which stands for Blind Equality Achievement Month. It used to be called the White Cane Month. There's actually a White Cane Day, which is, I think, the 15th of October, when there's a lot of activity going on in a lot of communities. They do a White Cane Walk for awareness. Sometimes they raise money. I think this year or last year, it got renamed. And so the whole month of October is called BEAM, Blind Equality Achievement Month. So during this month, our Greater Alexandria chapter is teaming up with Imperfectly Made Foundation in Alexandria, Virginia, and we are putting on a fashion show called A Dose of Fashion. The cool thing is all of the models who are in this fashion show are blind or low vision. We will be modeling clothes from a local designer, and we all will be, you know, walking the red carpet, some of us with white canes, some of us without, but we're all at some level of blindness. That is really cool. And so I am going to be a model for this. So guess what? 
I'm going to be downloading YouTube videos and watching how models walk. I remember when I was a teenager and, you know, my grandma was, was getting me to work on my posture and she would say, well, do what the models do. They will put a book on their head and they walk with a book on their head. And if you can balance the book on your head, your posture is probably pretty good. So I might be doing that balancing a book on my head thing while I'm walking around the house. And also I've got to learn to walk like a model does, like not like a linebacker, like I usually walk and, you know, walk a little bit of the red carpet and then do my little turn in the middle and continue to a little turn at the end and then walk back little turn in the middle and then a little turn at the end. We had one rehearsal and I did all right, except I don't think Crocs are the shoes to wear if you're going to be modeling on the red carpet. They get stuck. And so I can't really make a graceful turn without getting stuck to the carpet and, you know, kind of stumbling about. So I got to find some kind of other shoes to wear. We have another rehearsal tomorrow night. And then we may have another rehearsal depending on how that goes. And then we get to meet with a designer who is this really beautiful woman. I think her name is Monica. And she already kind of showed me what I'm going to be wearing. It's going to be totally out of my norm, but who cares? It's going to be fun. It's going to be a way to raise money. And I'm looking forward to it. So October 29th. So all of these things I'm doing now that are keeping me so busy. I mean, it's not the only things that I'm doing. I'm also for the state of Virginia for the last, I think I got involved in 2017 for the local human rights committee, totally separate from the national federation of the blind. I was looking for stuff to do when I was starting to come out of my fog with my eyesight and I got online and I was looking at volunteer opportunities and one of those was the local human rights committee. Human rights, hmm, that sounds interesting. So I opened the website and it turns out that the human rights committee for the local regions of Virginia is a group of people that volunteer their time to sit together and oversee the human rights, the dignity, the respect of people who are living in facilities who are cognitively impaired. That was what I got involved in. People who are cognitively impaired and living in group homes or otherwise in some kind of a facility, the, the Human Rights Committee makes sure that the facility is meeting all their needs in a way that is maintaining their respect and their dignity. I like that. I did that for six years. So my six years was up this year and I didn't know what I was going to do after that. And so I applied to become part of the state human rights committee, which kind of oversees the local human rights committees. And I was invited to be part of the state human rights committee. So I attended my second meeting in September and the state human rights committee both of these, you're appointed by the governor of the state of Virginia and you serve, this is an, another opportunity where I can serve six years on the state level. So I'm just at the beginning of that. We get to visit and hold our meetings at various facilities around the state. 
And so it may be a group home. It may be a, a substance abuse treatment facility. It may be a institution for the cognitively impaired. It may be an institution where people are declared mentally incompetent to stand trial, which is really fascinating to me. This is really cool that I get to do this. So these are things that I'm doing now that I may not have had the opportunity to do if I hadn't lost my eyesight. I think my point with this conversation is I know there are people that are sitting out there, maybe hopefully listening to me now, who are not feeling part of the mainstream of life, like I was, who are not sure what their next move is going to be. You're going through something right now with your vision loss. Incidentally, I don't usually say losing your vision or your vision loss. I did this time, but vision to me is something different. Vision is your soul. Vision is your heart. Vision is your purpose. So I usually say eyesight. So you're losing your eyesight or you've just lost your eyesight rather suddenly, maybe like I did, and you're blind all of a sudden, or you know, you're going to be blind at some time that's coming sooner than you want. What are you going to do? You don't know. You're lost. You're questioning. What the hell do I do now? My work maybe is not something that I can continue. So what do you fill your days with? Well, once you get to a place where you can actually get up from your couch and start to venture out, start small. Be patient with yourself. Learn how to get around your house. That's a big deal. Learn your kitchen again. Explore. Figure out, how am I going to keep things straight in my refrigerator? How am I going to find the frozen bag of carrots as opposed to the frozen bag of peas? Learn about labeling things so that you can find them. My dog's starting to make noise. That's okay. Uh, learn where are the eggs, where is the juice and the water start like that. Learn how to pour a glass of water, experiment with feeling the side of the glass and the change in temperature and identifying when it's getting close to being full experiment, learn to cook again. When you don't have the luxury of eyesight. Learn where you're going to put your glasses and your spoons and your forks and your knives and your dishes so that you can find them. And then a bigger trick, if you live with people, teach them how to keep your system going because the worst thing is once you get your own system going and you know where your things are and you know how you're labeling your spices and then somebody comes along and changes it, it throws you for a loop. So learn how to do it yourself and then teach the people in your household, okay, this is how we're going to do it now so that I could find things. Learn how to label your medications so that you will know the difference between your heart medication and your cholesterol medication and your diabetes medication, you know, whatever it is. Okay. Learn all those things. Start doing things again. That's important. Because as you start doing things for yourself, then you start to feel better about yourself. You'll start to feel more empowered. 
And when you feel empowered, you build confidence. You can start venturing out a little bit more and then reach out. Find the Department for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Because once you do, and once they know you're out there, then they can assign you a mobility coach, somebody who can come to your home and give you a long white cane and teach you how to use it and take you out into the world, whether it's your neighborhood or Old Town Alexandria where the streets are brick and you got to be careful that your cane doesn't get caught behind that and stab you in the liver or teach you how to use the subway and teach you how to cross roads so that you're not getting hit by traffic. Teach you how to use the sound of traffic instead of, you know, the blinking light that tells you it's okay to go. Start reaching out. Start living again. Start believing that just because you've maybe lost your eyesight, just because you may not be able to drive anymore or see the green grass anymore or see your little fur baby in front of you, just because those things are not readily available anymore doesn't mean that you are not useful, that you are not effective in your world that you have to give up. You do not have to give up. If you would have told me 10 years ago that I would be as involved as I am now, doing things that I love, meeting people, helping people. Yes, I am a big fat do-gooder. If you would have told me that I wouldn't be working, but that I would be busier than ever and happy, I wouldn't have believed you. Because it seemed that at that time, It was my career that defined me. Many of you are like that. Many of you can relate to that statement, but that doesn't have to be true. There is so much that you can do, so much that you have to offer still. You still have the same gifts and talents that you did before. You just have to learn new ways of sharing them. So get off your couch, get back in the world, Learn how to work with this blindness thing because it's doable. It's not the worst thing that could happen to a person. I know you might feel like it is right now, depending on where you are in your process. I can relate to that because I did, but it's not. You still have life. You still have talents. You still have your sense of humor. Find it. You still have love in your heart. Find it. You still have self-acceptance. Find it. Self-love. Find it. And share it. If you're giving up, don't. There is no reason to. There is so much out here. I am extending my hand to you. I am extending my heart to you. My email is ReneeFValdez at gmail.com. Use it. Let me know you're out there. I can hook you up. I can hook you up to resources. I've got thousands of people through the National Federation of the Blind. Of the Blind because it is not for the blind. It is blind people doing things to help blind people, other blind people, achieve in their lives. Don't let blindness define you because I fall into that trap sometimes. It doesn't define you. You define you. You, 
the creative person that you are, the loving person that you are, the brilliant person that you are, you define you. De blindness doesn't define you, just as cancer doesn't define you, just as obesity doesn't define you, just as alcoholism doesn't define you, nothing like that defines you. You define you. You choose your limits. You choose. You choose. So you choose to get your butt off that couch. I challenge you to get your butt off that couch and learn how to live with this new state of being. It can be done. If I did it, if I'm doing it, I haven't done it. If I'm doing it, anybody can do it because I'm a big whiny baby. So reach out. If you need resources, I'll do my best to hook you up. You're not alone. Please remember that. You're not alone. All right, enough preaching. I will do my best to get these episodes out to you Tuesdays or Wednesdays, depending on how my weekend goes. I always look forward to sharing time with you. And I hope that you're following me on Spotify, for heaven's sake. Reach out if you need me. And as always, hasta luego!